welcome to Dwight and Shining Armor, the Sunken Kingdom, the behind-the-scenes podcast about everything Dwight. I'm Josh Breslow, and I play Yakopa. Today, we're recording at the Comedy Store in Hollywood, and we're talking about Season 1, Episode 7, Winnie, written by Leanne H. Adams and Brian J. Adams, directed by Tim Kendall, guest starring Danielle Pizzuti and Catherine Lidstone. As always, we have a blanket spoiler alert, so if you haven't watched episode 7 yet, stop whatever you're doing, your candlelit study session can wait, and watch Winnie either on BYU TV or at BYUtv.com slash Dwight. A quick recap. Winnie, played by Catherine Lidstone, shows up at Greta's house hissing, rasping, spitting, and spewing nonsense noises. Hexla translates Winnie's woeful tale, explaining that Winnie is no human, she's a wyver, a type of water dragon whose skin was stolen. Dwight decides to help Winnie get her dragon skin back, and our gang sets off on a quest to track down the thief who took Winnie's skin more than a thousand years ago. So, you know, it's the old tale of boy meets girl, girl is really a dragon missing her skin, boy helps girl get her dragon skin back. You know, as, as one does. That old chestnut. <laughs> and now that everyone's been brought up to date, let's get to our guests. We are lucky once again to have one of the creators and showrunners of Dwight and Shining Armor with us today, Leanne H. Adams. Hi, Josh. Hey, Leanne. It's always nice to have you here. Also returning, we have BAFTA-nominated actress Danielle Pisuti, who plays Hexala. As you were, as you were. <laughs> and we have Sloan Morgan Siegel, who charms us every week in the titular role of Dwight. Boo! Yeah. Uh, Come on. <laughs> Hello. Before we get into anything else, I want to know everything about the mythological influences for the Wyver, the, the water okay. dragon. So, first of all, I have to congratulate you on your 13th century pronunciation. Uh, oh. It used to be Wyver, and then it turned to Wyvern. So, in our oh. episode, it's Wyvern, but you nailed it on the, uh, <laughs> on the original Never had etymology one of the word. <laughs> did, he, did you know that that was the etymology of the word? I didn't. It comes from a Welsh mythology. A Wyvern is a, a, it's a dragon that is part fish, and so we took that and just turned it into a water dragon. We just simplified it and we're like, this, we're just going to call it a water dragon uh, <laughs> instead of getting too into the, the different mythologies because there, there are various interpretations of a wyvern. Some live just in the water, some go back and forth. But we love the idea of it just being a water dragon. And we also kind of based it on, on other Celtic mythologies about sea creatures that when they leave the water, they lose their skin and become human. This is a really common in Celtic mythology. Really? Uh, there's, there's a, I think it's a silky that is a seal. When it comes out of the water, it sheds its skin and becomes human. If it spends too much time out of the water, it'll lose its ability to go back. Oh, wow. So this idea of, of, of a water creature that can lose its skin, um, it, we loved that idea. And we're like, okay, here's this dragon, comes out of the water, loses its skin. We're, we're marrying so many different no, Celtic mythologies to create this our own mythology of, of our wyvern dragon girl. Let's listen to a clip. Tragic tale. She is indeed a wyvern, born to the water, and for ages she lived peacefully in its cool depths, until one day a cunning man lured her to the banks, and when she stepped out of the water, 
She shed her dragon skin and became human. And in that moment, the thief stole her dragon skin and vanished into the lake without her skin. Well, she's trapped inside this hideous body. I mean, I, I wouldn't say hideous. Danielle, when you got the script for this, was there indication of what Wyvernies would sound like? Or did you just kind of catch on once Catherine started doing her thing on set? No, not at all. This was part of my original audition. Oh, it was? Uh, yeah, I uh, I had uh, bits from Lotions and Potions. They wanted to see me do the old uh, Hexala and then uh, to speak in Wyvernese. And um, I, I'm always of the mind of just sort of fake it until you make it. So I just came, like with confidence was like <laughs> spitting and hacking and making little like fart sounds almost in, in, in a way and, and doing it with such conviction. And because the, 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 the words were there, I sort of understood like what this woman had gone through through and you know I mean I'm no spring chicken so I've gone through heartbreak in my life mm. um, and so I think I just touched into that moment where Hexala really does show some vulnerability and she really feels for this dragon and in a certain sense it feels a little out of place in this world as well to sort of relate with her like we've got to get her back to her element um, and so when she's telling the story about the man that steals the skin um, I had plenty to pull from from my own life <laughs> and and even got teary eyed but, but making the most like hideous sounds with that type of emotion which is I think where the humor lies yep that that's the fun of, of the whole episode but especially that scene uh, between Catherine and and Danielle when she's telling her story and the two of them are so intense like this is a horrible story that they're telling I mean it's the most awful violation and it's just this terrible story but the way they're telling it you can't help but laugh and then you feel bad for laughing and then you laugh again it's it's a really kind of complex scene but ends up being just so funny and Catherine uh, I'll really quickly jump to, to Catherine please. on this so um, in the script it says Winnie responds with snorts and snarls and then Brian and I looked at each other we're like <laughs> someone will figure that out and and all these girls came in to, to audition for Winnie and we saw every type of interpretation of what that could mean um, and uh, I want to see a super really, cut of that. Yeah, really I would fun. love to see a super cut it of was, yeah. it was really fun and, we, and actually the neighbors in the office building kept complaining because these girls were shrieking and screaming and they're like what's going on in there <laughs> so so Catherine comes in and what she did that was so extraordinary is she created a, a lexicon of Wyvernese. Like she, she didn't just snarl and hiss. Like you could tell that each sound meant something to her. Absolutely. And she had created these sounds. And then Tim Kendall, uh, who was there at the audition, said, said T tell me a story. And she told a story. Mm. And we all understood exactly what happened in the story. Mm. It was a story about an altercation she had with someone who hadn't been very nice to her. And we could tell that's exactly what she was telling wow. and from the way that she created words out of these sounds. And that's that's really what we'd been looking for. And then she taught Wyvernese to Danielle. Yes. <laughs> okay. And then At that were... point, I learned it, yeah. Mm -hmm. but... You learned her version of yeah. it. Yeah. All right, so Leanne, this episode actually starts with a parody of a reality dating show. Mm -hmm. am, am I right in thinking that you kind of sneakily snuck the theme of the show in there. They're talking about like, oh, she's so hot, but her friends are hot. And of course, this episode is about it's not what's on the outside, it's yeah. what's on the inside. So absolutely, we sneakily snuck that in. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this episode is all about attraction. Um, and so we wanted to show, uh, we, we start off kind of... It, introducing that theme that that this is going to be about what people find attractive in one another and Greta's going to very quickly 
um, uh, have disdain for modern attraction, <laughs> like for how we define attraction now. Like yes. this guy's a fop doodle. He has no valor. Um, all talk, no valor. All talk, no valor. In her time, attraction was all about the valor and the glory and is this guy really good in battle and is he really tough and intense and so so we were playing with uh with different cultural ideas of what's attractive um and then obviously with Dwight just immediately being smitten with with Winnie when he when he sees her for the first time um and she's this beautiful girl and what's so great about Dwight is even when he finds out that really she's a wyvern dragon girl he's gonna stick with the fact that he's attracted to her like like almost doggedly yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. just because i found out that she's not perfect i'm gonna love her all the more yep. um so he's just like insistent that he's gonna keep this attraction for her and that's a lot of what prompts him to take on this quest and and to help her is it all comes from this attraction i mean there's not much that a young guy won't do for a pretty girl. I, I was actually going <laughs> to ask for 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 Dwight. Is it that he is into her despite her being a dragon, or is he into her even more because she's also a dragon? I I, I don't. I feel like that's a that's a very personal question. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> uh, no, I I don't know. I think what, what what's strange about about this particular episode is that Dwight is such a, a nice guy, such a, like, I, I don't judge a book by its cover, but in this particular episode, he sees uh, Winnie and he just instantly falls for her. Or not not falls for her per se, but is instantly attracted to her. And uh, and then when he finds out he's a, she's a dragon, I I don't think he really believes it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's really set in. Oh, until, that's really interesting. Until, like, she starts singing the song, and then it's kind of like, oh, this, that's... Oh, and <laughs> yeah. So, so I think I think he just was a he was oblivious to it because, like you said, there's not not a lot of things a guy wouldn't do for a pretty girl. Right. So, but when one of those things is ignorance, you know, it's mm-hmm. like it's like oh oh well, they're very mean. It's like maybe to some people, <laughs> right. she's a dragon. Well, may, maybe on thir- in the water, he's <laughs> always excusing her horrible behavior. Oh, yeah. Just like, yeah. well, you know, she's just hungry yeah. or she's just, you know, the, she's just being her authentic self. Yeah. yeah. Like, which, yeah. which is like very contradicting for Dwight as well because yeah. he's so like, he's yeah. so, but but then again, he is very accepting. Right. So he he, it's, he accepts anyone for, for their flaws. So do you think he um, takes the quest more because he's into Winnie or because Greta says, all talk, no valor earlier, mm. and that kind of sticks with him. I, I think it's a combination of everything. I think mainly he takes the quest because he... <laughs> I don't think he meant to take the quest. I don't think he meant for it to be a quest. <laughs> right. Uh, but then when it was offered to him and he was like, ah, maybe, you know, that's not what I, to- I totally agreed on. I need to see the details first. Uh, he doesn't want to put himself or anyone else in danger, but um, he does it because it's the right thing to do. Uh, and I think it does stick with him the whole the the all talk, talk no valor, valor right, and I think his way of valor is um, righting a wrong and accepting mm-hmm. someone for who they are. So, uh, whatever reservations he might have about Greta in this mm-hmm. particular episode about attraction, uh, he's not thinking about Greta or her thoughts of him because he's too busy thinking about this wyvern dragon girl and how can I help her? Not not about how can I help her so that she can maybe fall for me, but just how can I help her? Right, because he has he has a really good yeah. soul. When you have that great line, what kind of a world are we living in, right? <laughs> yeah. Well that's that's <laughs> my favorite line. Yeah. Dragon skin yeah. Stole, yeah. That's my favorite line I've said in the whole series. Right. And it was on it was on one of the first weeks we ever filmed. I mean, come on, how 
how do you guys write this stuff? I mean, yeah. I don't know how you and Brian keep writing unique one-liners yeah, that people one-liners can quote. Fantastic. I mean, we just laugh. We laugh yeah. all the time. I will. We'll be like drifting off to sleep, and then one of us will start yeah. to laugh. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> and, and just like remembering the 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 you know the stories that that we're telling. Remember the lines that we've come up with. The other night, I actually was about to fall asleep, but I woke up just thinking. Clodwig is the stupidest name. Yeah, <laughs> he's a Claude. Yeah. It's just it's this old name we found and this old, old, old Germanic list of names. And it's just the most horrible name. But we've become so accustomed to it. Uh, it, oh, it yeah. just rolls off the tongue. But it rolls tongue off now. the tongue. But oh, it just like hit me again. Like, that is the stupidest name. You know how many kids <laughs> will probably be named Clodwig now? Oh, That's right. All because of You've you. You've done this. It's on you. Okay, so there's a small moment that I don't want to skip over. Sure, and sure. It's when uh, you and uh, Baldrick are watching the spoof of a reality dating show and you're just casually fashioning spears. And I I think it's actually a really important moment uh, or interesting moment because Baldrick has now become completely accustomed to television and Dwight has become completely accustomed to fashioning weaponry. Do you feel like this is like a movement in their characters toward the normalization on both sides? I actually don't think he thinks much of it. I think this yeah. is how the conversation went. Sir Dwight, <laughs> I, I need you to help fashion some some spears. And I go, well, how do you want me to do that? And he's like, just uh, uh, make sure it, it's sharp and, and and whittle it. And I go, oh, whittling? <laughs> I whittle with Nana all the time. So I think I, I don't think he was actually fashioning a weapon or making a weapon. I think he was whittling for the, the sheer pleasure of, of making art out of wood. <laughs> but I do love that they're both engaged in something from the other's world. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very casually, yeah, and, so. And, exactly, and they're just kind of enjoying it. This is something they can do together, and you get the feeling that they both watch this show together a lot. Yeah! Which oh. is really And that's, fun. A, that's another thing about like um, like our audience as well, like audience uh, family members coming together to watch the show. Uh, a lot of people sometimes, like, like I even do this with my parents, like I'll tell them about a video game so that I can yeah. share in an experience to spend more time with yeah. them and, and they're like you're, you're right it is it is it isn't more about him furthering himself uh in battlement but it's about him furthering himself in his relationship, in relationship. With Baldrick. right it's yeah. it's how they're bonding they're each taking a piece of each other's lives that makes perfect sense to me and there's a casualness that that you guys have when yeah. you're i mean even with that line what what is it exactly what kind of a world are we living in when a wyvern dragon girl can't step out of the water without getting her skin without stolen. getting her skin stolen <laughs> and you know so I mean? earnest and, yeah. so, and, and and when done in earnest and exactly right like it's teed up for you you don't have to put anything on it and the way you deliver that line was so fantastic like, well when you get a line like that you it's like a once in a, a lifetime opportunity yeah. I mean I was gonna say it's like you know how many comedic films and TV shows are out right now and have been out and you maybe take home two lines from mm-hmm. those movies or maybe one line every five episodes that you say all the time in this show you guys have three or four Quotable. maybe six or ten lines Thank in each you. episode and like that's Thank you. you're contributing to the vast <laughs> um, vast majority of, of the geek the geekdom. Yeah, yeah. Yes. The geekdom of the world. Thank Absolutely. you. Well, that's our ambition. So that's, that's another thing I love about the show. Just Thank another thing. You. I quote Clodwig actually in my day to day. So going back to, to Winnie's tale, she wants to go home to a world she understands. We talked about Hexla totally adapting to the world she's in. Dwight is also adapting and, and, and is giving love to these people who've walked into his world. But Greta, despite being the one who's so against Winnie the whole time, it seems to me that she could relate to her the most. Mm-hmm. For us in writing the script, that was the moment when Greta decided to help. Was She's heard this story, and, and it, it's really so pitiful and sad that I'm lost in this world where everything is strange. All that I am and all that I was was taken from me, and no human soul cares. And, and so for Greta, that's exactly what 
Greta is thinking in her heart of hearts, everything she cared about is gone. Um, and so that, that really is in the episode. If you're watching very carefully, that's the moment where she sort of goes, oh, darn it. I got to right. help this girl. I love that reluctance Acted beautifully by Caitlin Carmichael. It's so <laughs> funny. Yeah, it's never, it's never warm from Greta. It's always, oh, fine. <laughs> I feel this in my heart and I hate it. Side note on that scene, my favorite line read in the entire episode is when you let Winnie know that they are going to accept the quest in Wyvernese. So I don't even know if it's a line read, but you look so joyous doing it. Like you look so thrilled that you're giving her good information. What is it? We talked about it a little, but why is Hexla connecting so much with Winnie? Mm, well, there are some secrets I cannot tell you. Okay. But... um. Yeah, I think there's something that might be revealed later about Hexala's past where things were taken from her and she had to find her way in the world. Okay. You remember, you may recall when uh, Baldric asks, you know, about me in the uh, lotions and potions and he says, well, what about you? And she says, don't worry, darling, I, I know how to take care of myself, right? Or, and so that was a learned behavior. Um, and I and I think that there's something from her past that perhaps will be revealed, and I don't want to give any spoilers. And also, sort of what I've just created in my own, you know, mind as Hexala, um, particularly with uh, you know relationships with uh, the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. And so there's a little bit of uh, intrigue and mystery about what happened between her and Baldric. Um, but I think that there's something that might go deeper into childhood with her. And so um, I think she really does care for this wyvern. And 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 by any right, like even you know these uh, uh, with. Uh, Dwight and with um, Princess Greta, uh, how her heart starts to open to them. But any any person that's been taken out of their element unjustly, I think that's when Hexala's heart steps in. I love that because that really is a beautiful moment, and it's the last character you'd expect, expect to it. connect to her the most, mm -hmm. uh, and it and it, it really. Uh, hits you. Yeah, especially right after your last appearance, which was which you were the villain of the episode yeah. and then you have a turn towards the end but it's like, we're we're accustomed to knowing you as a villain until this mm -hmm. episode, which we're still like, because of Greta's perspective, we're still like, oh, we don't know if we can trust her, we don't know how she can sure. be, but, but you're the first person uh, next to me to jump into action yeah. uh, to help Winnie. So I think that's really interesting. That's a good mm -hmm. like 180 for the audience, Leanne, yeah, that you, it, you it guys is really, a, really It is. is a 180. And, and the fact that Hexala is the only one who knows how to speak Wyvernese. Mm. So she's clearly invested something in, the, in, in this relationship with Wyverns. Mm -hmm. And she's the one that has sort of the acceptance and even the awe of Wyverns when, when everyone else finds Winnie a little off-putting she she find like at the end when she's singing her song and everyone else is like Ugh, and I'm she's crying. crying. Right. <laughs> I love that. Because she literally understands. Right. So she has a connection to Winnie the Wyvern that nobody else can have. And and a lot of it, like Danielle was saying, is stuff that we'll learn more about uh, what's happened in Hexla's life as we go on. But um but she's connecting with this with this girl, with this creature who's been really badly victimized by a very bad man. <laughs> yeah, for years and yep. years. Let's listen to another clip. Now, this is a map. Of the woods, your highness. In particular, of the dark realm. The what? It's where dark forces dwell and should not be disturbed. Okay. Behold. The Crescent Lake. It looks like a croissant. 
So we get a big moment here. I think this is maybe the most expositional mm. moment for the mythology of mm. the show since possibly the pilot. Mm. Uh, we learn about the Dark Realm. Is this an example that we discussed when we recorded the podcast for the first episode of letting the audience know only as much as they need mm. to know? 100% yes. Um, we we held off even revealing anything about the Dark Realm until this episode, and then we're just going to give you enough to make you a little crazy. <laughs> That's mm. all we're going to give you um, because there's a lot of story to tell there and we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. So in this one, all we're trying to do is build intrigue about the Dark Realm. What is it? Why is it a Dark Realm? Is, is, is a Dark Realm really a bad thing? <laughs> you know, like Dwight's question, like, never mind. The answer's in the question. It is a bad I thing. Um, so So we, all we want to do is get people thinking what's a dark realm? And if at the end of the episode they're intrigued and want to know more about the dark realm, then we've succeeded. But we really didn't want to give away any more than that. And, and that was the first episode that we shot after the pilot. So none of our, none of our actors knew anything about the dark realm storyline that is introduced here. And they were coming up to me saying, what is this? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. what's going to happen? How, how, am I sh how should I be reading this line? Is the dark realm super scary? Do I know anything about it? And we were trying to give even them just as little as possible mm -hmm. to kind of keep it fresh for them as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a big moment. And I feel like you really make your stamp in the sci-fi fantasy world. Mm -hmm. It's reminiscent of Buffy. It has these things in it where you go, oh, I, there's a focal point. There's mm -hmm. something very specific. It's it's not just happenstance that these people have shown up in Woodside. There right. is a very specific reason. And I yeah. think my nerd brain got excited about it. My, my nerd brain is so excited just to be in this show. I got to tell you, right? I, this, is, this is my nerd soulmate across the yeah, table my, from my me, nerd by the way, there. we've decided. But yeah, no, it's always great when there's a, when there's a, a greater villain at, at hand and sort of the, the way that this, the dark realm is seeping in and, and, and what that means because we'll have these characters like, even with Yokopo, there's this vulnerability. I mean, when he can't get the, the, the water you gave, you know, the little water bottle thing and which makes him likable. So you have these villains Villains, but are they really villains? Because there's something even darker. A little like Game of Thrones when you have your White Walkers, right? Because right. that's the greater thing that could unify. I'm just saying there might be a super party thing. I love any comparison to Game of Thrones. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna throw it in there. So right after that moment, you guys go to the woods, and mm -hmm. Dwight is having none of the way this is going. They're just traipsing around the woods. It's getting dark. They're talking about lighting a fire. Dwight is very conscious of forest fires, of course. <laughs> and um, you say no, and you go back home. It, it struck me as the first time that Dwight completely takes over um, in the series up to date. There are moments where you have to. You've been cornered. You have no choice. You have to use diplomacy. Someone's life is in immediate danger. This is one where there is no imminent danger. You're just on a quest. Do you feel like Dwight's confidence is has grown at this point, and that's why he's able to do that. I think it lies a lot in like what Baldrick said, right? When he says, you know, you are, um, what is it? Pledged to this Pledged quest, to this quest mm -hmm. Sir Dwight. And I kind of like, well, wait a minute. And then, and then it's kind of like, well, I guess I am. And it's like, okay, well, you're, you're right. There's no imminent danger, but he does take charge. I don't think it's a confidence thing. I think it's a, 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 a duty thing, a right of duty, which, which is kind of like, um, reminiscent in his everyday life in his school life you know helping out his friends all the time absolutely it's like well this is the first time you see school dwight uh in the medieval world hmm. this this is the first time he's like it helping someone out because he can because now he knows enough about the world that he can embark on a quest and he can help a wyvern dragon girl get her freaking skin back <laughs> it, it, it's it's like he's finally coming into his own so it's not as much a confidence as it is 
sort of merging worlds finally. And, and that, that's a perfect segue into this next moment where you're using technology instead of the map or yeah, any magic. Yeah. And, and we have a moment of technology and lotions and potions as well when you use the phone to track Greta. Um, but in that moment when you're using technology and you've taken charge and you're doing it your way, there's a really sweet moment where the camera catches Greta looking at Dwight. Caitlin's looking at you in a very mm. kind of like, oh, I'm seeing him in a new way kind of way. Uh, were you aware that they were shooting that moment? Is that just something that happened while the other camera was on Caitlin? Or did you well, know that was going on? When you're working with Tim Kendall and there's romance involved, uh. Uh, it, you, you, <laughs> you never hear the end of it. Oh, so we, right. were, we were in the scene. He was, she was like, she was like, he was like, longingly. Look at him longingly. It's like, this is the moment. This is the moment. Everyone's going to fall in love with Dwight and Greta. This is it. This and is it the moment. It worked. And it, it worked. And he was like, you got more longingly. Closer. Closer. And she, she, I remember Caitlin told me, she's like, I, I can't stop laughing. I said, why? It's like, I'm so close to you. You have one eye. You're a cyclops. <laughs> But uh, but that was that was we knew we yeah. were made very it was aware as known as it could yeah. possibly have been because this was the first episode we filmed so we were like right. we were still coming into our characters I mean talk about uh, the second episode you know finding your character again mm. we hadn't been with our characters for months and we knew we were going to be with them for a full season of a show mm. so like. <laughs> half over halfway into the first season making that the first thing it was really hard for me um especially like when i had to get down a, a dwight um way of speaking i do remember saying with such conviction and sort of this ominous like energy what's buried here must stay buried here i had no idea what i was talking about I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. That is acting. I knew it was That's evil. That's a masterclass. And I knew that I knew what it was, and I couldn't let them know, but I didn't know. Right. And so, then we didn't speak about it again for four months. It's true. But, but <laughs> let, let's talk about that, actually, because uh, you, you're having this romantic uh, research session by candlelight, mm. and it seems like Hexla is doing everything she everything. can. Just what's a girl got to do? <laughs> I mean, to get this guy to notice her. And I, I get that he has some issues and maybe got burned in the past and we don't know the story He's or whatever business. it is. I know. And, and when they have that conversation about uh, her spiking his <laughs> ale, I'm like, did she or are you just embarrassed that you uh, you got a little out of control? My point is, um, when he's ready to go, once he knows it's the Dark Realm and he's like, let's go, it seems like Hexla goes, no, 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 no. This is really important. There are very few people who can raise what's there and very few people could stop it. Mm -hmm. The ominousness of yeah. that moment, <laughs> the, ominousness. Uh, the <laughs> ominousness of that moment, uh, it felt very similar to Dwight learning that his life was tied to Greta's mm -hmm. in the pilot. And I feel like these are the two anchor moments that really give this, give us the stakes That's for what's exactly going right. on. That's exactly right. They're moments that, that raise the stakes. That it's a it's a moment when we realize that that Greta and Baldrick and, and Dwight and Hexala and, and Clodwig, though he's not in the scene, are going to be like a vanguard army to protect Woodside from yes. what's coming. And they don't say it in that way. Uh, later in the episode, well, even in that scene, she says someone has to stop them. And then at the end of the episode, Baldrick says we will guard the Dark Realm. So it's, it's like they're taking a stand. Yeah. We don't know yet what they're going to be against what, but mm -hmm. they know. Um, and, and we get a sense that there could be something pretty bad on the horizon and that they are volunteering to stay and fight to protect Woodside. So right. it's, it's really elevating them to a whole new purpose. So we get to the lake sequence <laughs> and uh, we have my favorite shot that's in the series today, which is this like gorgeous 
romantic horror film, oh, Winnie yeah. all in white, just screaming on the bank. How did you get that over the water shot? It, it, it was a drone shot. Was it? Um, and of Tim, course it was. Tim Kendall had to fight really hard for that. So we had a drone operator there. It was a drone shot. And, and it was funny, too. We only used a portion of the shot that he, he created because Tim had this idea that the, that the wyvern was going to be like 40 feet, 40 feet Oh, so tall. it rose up. So yeah. it goes so, so high. And, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, Tim, I, I, I don't think the wyvern's that big and he's like no oh, he's that big <laughs> and I'm like, I, I don't know about that and when we got into the editing we were like oh my gosh no the wyvern can't be that big because then it, it, it it's just the size of the lake <laughs> it's the size of the lake it is the but lake. oh that drone just went up 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 up, oh, up like it was going to the moon that's funny it is a gorgeous <laughs> shot and now we're gonna get to as an actress who is also a BAFTA nominated voiceover artist <laughs> Um, were you concerned for Catherine's voice during this? Because I, I was scared. You know, Catherine's a, a, a bad you-know-what. Like, the, the word starts with an A, and I can't say it, because mm-hmm. she is hardcore. Apples. She's bad apples. And, you know, she's a she's an incredible singer. Um, she's a trained ac- actress in the theater. And so, like, I think she understood her instrument. And fortunately, we did record that song prior. Um, but But just finding it was probably a little strenuous. But no. I mean, she had a lot of, she was like the little, little energizer bunny. She oh, just kept she, going and she going. She was amazing. Mm-hmm. She was amazing. But out of care for her voice, yeah. that that screeching song she does on the bank, uh, we, we did that. Uh, she played on with pieces of it, but we mm-hmm. did it really just once. And then, and then every time that she did a take on the bank, we just played the recording of it, and she would mouth along. Great, and that—I mean—that's the smart thing to do to protect your actors. We were Absolutely. thinking about like doing a harmony with like our wyvernies because <laughs> really? we're yeah, because I'm obviously sing, you know singer oh. singer, and we were like, oh, would that be interesting? But uh, you know, it wasn't enough that's, time. <laughs> I love that. And and then we have this great moment when Dwight finally gets to speak wyvernies for two seconds, which is just—it's one of those things where it's the kind of show where you don't. Re- realize you're waiting for that moment until it happens you go of course we couldn't leave this episode without this happening well it it wasn't in the episode um tim kendall said to me i was like i was like oh i gotta i gotta go up there and actually i don't know if it was tim or if it was me or both of us at the same time if i was like i think it was something along lines of like uh shouldn't i like try and do it because i really wanted to do it i really wanted to speak Uh, so so i and then he was like yeah it's a good idea Uh like stuck it in so i I won't know how it actually went down but that was probably it I, i love that so um this lake sequence was that it was obviously night shoots was it one day or did that take a couple days because it seemed like a lot it it took us two nights okay um and it was a lot um it was a lot and and like was mentioned before we ran into rain on the first day this was sort of the episode where anything that could go wrong wrong. did go wrong and and uh we actually hit had uh two um bouts of rain and that really hurt us so so yeah shooting on that bank at night really we got up against it on on the time that we could be there because we had to be out of there by 1 a.m and so it it got it got pretty stressful there at the end trying to to get everything that we needed all of our plates and everything to create our wyvern on top of which the crew is just getting to know each other because this was the friend that always means things take a little bit longer which it's a fantastic crew but no no matter what the crew it just takes a little bit to get that harmony um and so finally we have a really important moment and we meet a relative of Greta's for the first time on the show and you really start to get a sense of how alone maybe she always was mm-hmm. you know even mm-hmm. when she was living in her time he just goes off into the woods there's no connection from him she's clearly interested fourth great grandfather mm-hmm. and he's just going to go off and be a thief yeah 
Well, a, a lot of the problems that Greta is facing, the reason that she has so many hordes of enemies, is that people in her family have historically been a bunch of jerks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they've done harm in the past that now she's paying the consequence for with some of, of the people that come out of the woods um, and, and more that will come. So, uh, And there's big grudges against her family, maybe not against her personally, but things that her ancestors or family members have done. And so it's, it's sort of a, a recurring theme throughout that Greta is really suffering for the sins of her fathers in a lot mm. of, of these cases. Yeah. Um, and, and that's probably not too far from the truth. A lot of the medieval royals were not great people. And on that note, that wraps it up for season one, episode seven of Dwight in Shining Armor, The Sunken Kingdom, the behind the scenes podcast about everything Dwight. Thank you, Danielle, Sloan, and Leanne. Thank you, Josh. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. <laughs> you can follow Danielle on Instagram at Danielle Pasuti. You can follow Sloan at Sloan Siegel, and you can follow myself at the Josh Breslow. And if you have any questions that are as yet unanswered about Winnie, please tweet your questions or send video questions to at Dwight and Armor, and we'll tackle them a little bit down the line. Tune in again next week for season one, episode eight, The Dragon. I'm Josh Breslow. Thanks for listening. Go on an adventure today. It might change your life.